is cheesy. The plot is stupid. I'm sorry, the plot is bad. That's a little opening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to what will almost certainly be the funniest edition of ARG of all the times. Ha, 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 I'm the legendary funny man, Amigo Aaron. Joined by the crown prince of clown, it's the Brent. Do, 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 you know, wait do, a minute. Hold do, on a second. We've, been, we've got to get more fired up. Now, admittedly, the first time we did funny games, we hit a few potholes. But I'm going to get myself fired back up. I guarantee this is going to be the best episode of ARG you ever saw. Right? That's right. Because this week, we once again spun the wheel, <laughs> and that wacky wheel, well, it didn't, did a number on us, and we're once again taking a look at some funny games. Now, Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I think you're overselling the episode already, Aaron. Listen to me. It's just nonstop chuckles. Now, as we get, before we get into our games proper, yeah. let's have a little tiptoe down the line here, because I wanted to ask you, I thought about something this week, We were, and my game comes into this, but... I was thinking about when you look for a game or play a game that's first of all, do you look for funny games? No, I hate funny games. I've told you this a million times. Okay. Secondly, now you like comedies in your films, right? Absolutely. Right. So what are your some of your all-time favorite comedic films that you love? I love slapstick. <clears throat> right. Right. Good slapstick. Uh your your airplanes, yeah. Uh, your your nice visual gag. Brain Donors is one of my all time favorite movies. Uh, yeah. in the top five, Naked Gun, in the top five, yeah. And Naked, well, uh, some of them are better than the others. First one is the, is, is, is great, is awesome. And the second one's pretty good. The third, the third one's, one's oh, is the third one's better than the second one. Uh, it is, it is. You know, but but some of it. One that Oscar ceremony is pretty good. <laughs> uh, so when you so you know what you like in oh, yeah. in movies, so. Let's pretend you, oh, for example, had to play funny games. Yeah, it's funny how like could would come up in your life. Battle chess all you, day. But when, so when you this time around, after you did a horrible job last time, yeah. What did you when you, did you look over the landscape to see what was interesting that would appeal to you like a film would, or did you just grab one? No, I I went. Oh my god, I can't believe we're doing this again. Yeah, because Aaron, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. You put it on the wheel. And, no, Aaron. No, I didn't. put it on it. <laughs> and then I was like, I've got to pick a game that I can at least tolerate because I know I'm going to hate whatever Aaron picks. Yeah, well, wait a minute, because the last time I picked a pretty funny one. So when I, my, I took a different stance this time. I thought to myself, okay, funny games, because humor is very personal. It's subjective. Right. Some people, like like me and you, they like stuff like uh, Airplane or Top Secret, real good. Oddball, goofy stuff. Yeah, some people like a more, uh, your you know, a more down to earth comedy, so like romantic comedy, right? Or, you know, or like a, 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 you know, something like a Ghostbusters. So that's more, that's more yeah. mainstream. Which, I'm, I'm cool with Ghostbusters. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, but I mean, I also I like I like Mel Brooks. Like oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, are you going to translate that into that sort of humor, like monster humor, into a video game? Yeah. Well, no, you sort of can. For example, like we both like Slapstick stuff, Three Stooges. That's got plenty of humor in it, where you're smacking the other Stooges around, stuff like that. I think that's a that, pretty amusing game. I, I don't. I would not call that uh, a lot of what that's they do exactly is not, what Slapstick no. is. You're slapping a guy and you're sticking his no, fingers that, in his that, eyes. That's physical humor. Well, that's part of it. Uh, but I also struggled again. Uh, this week, but I, you can I also told, you can also go to the absurd, right? Like your bird demics, 
or your room. Yeah, but do you want to play a game based on any of that? Well, you're, I mean, you probably, apparently you, you did. did. <laughs> so I thought to myself, listen, I'm going to have a good time. And I remembered. <laughs> I know. Wow, you failed. Well, I know. In fact, I, we're, I'm going to use this. I'll go ahead and lead dance, I guess. I'm going to roll oh, in there. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we're skipping a, a whole scene. Hold on. I'm not done yet. So I thought to myself, here's what I'm going to do. I remembered the last time that we did games, uh, that we did FMV games. There was a, a whole ton of these things I'd never heard of. You know, I was like, man, there's so many of these I've never heard of. And I thought to myself, and I had a good time playing these. I'm going to pick a funny FMV game. So the, I went over to get a fork in the tail. All right. You know, and, I, and I tried, but I can't stand Rob Schneider. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Well, that was probably a poor choice of games. Then. I can't, but I mean, it's, I knew it was, a, I, that's the only one I knew for sure was funny. Uh, so I thought to myself, I want to play an FMV game. What are the funny ones, you know? <laughs> and what nothing really popped up, and so I started to look at. I just started looking at F and V games, see if I could find one that was amusing. Uh huh. They're all sort of funny uh, in their own way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because they're so dopey. And lo, I couldn't believe my luck because all of a sudden one came up I've never heard of, and. Get this, Brent. The game is made by freaking Capcom. Yeah. It's Capcom. Yep. Yeah. I thought to myself, Capcom has never made a mistake, especially in a cinematic one, <laughs> in the history of their company. So surely they were going to put together some solid gold. But I thought, is this a comedy game? And so I watched like a trailer thing for it, and I wasn't sure. But I thought, screw it. I'm going to do it anyway. So this week, uh, everybody, <laughs> for my funny game, I picked the hilarious Fox Hunt. Now you can play this on the PlayStation. I played it on uh, on Windows. Not <laughs> here's another funny thing. I chose to play this on Windows three point one. Well, <laughs> so but I did it. I played it, and we're going to talk about it. So this is this right here, Brent. <laughs> this episode is going to be like twenty minutes long. Yeah. This, <laughs> oh no, I got a lot to say about. Oh that. no, Fox Hunt again. It's a FMV game. And it's made by our, our good friends at Capcom and uh, developed by a couple crews, Three Vision Gamers and Evolutionary Publishing. Um, this game was released uh, for Windows in February of 96. And by the way, uh, this was a 311 game. So despite the fact that Windows 95 been out, it runs in 311. Uh, it also came out for, well, not that any of that came out for the PlayStation in October of uh, 96. So a few months later on the play, you had to wait. With anticipation, sweet anticipation. Uh, uh, the developers, Three Vision Gamers, they only had one other game, and this also was a high contender. Once I read the name, it's National Lampoon's Blind Date, so that should fill you with confidence. Uh, Evolutionary Publishing worked on the PC version of Johnny Mnemonic, a movie that I hated, and the book that I wasn't that fond of. But I love, I love, I love that guy's book. But that was my favorite. Great um, pinball machine, though. Yeah, but I don't like the movie. So let's talk about this crazy game, Fox Hunt. Of course, it's a CD-ROM one-player game. Uh, we're going to get into the people. So again, you three got three discs, it, a four, I believe. Four was it discs. Four, four discs. Um, I thought it was three. You might be right. So we're going. You know, since this is a movie, you got to sort of go over this like it's a film. Okay. So the producer of this was Adam Burns. He produced uh, Girl Next Door, The Blind Date Game, and a game, a, a show I'd love to see, Baseball's Dirtiest Tricks. That sounds great. Uh, the writer, we had a couple. We had a writer-producer, Matt Pikin, 
this, listen to this. By the way, you're going to be stunned at the some of the things these people did. So Matt Pike and he wrote like the majority of Mr. Robot, Rush, Monarch, Empire. Remember that show Castle? He wrote on that NCIS, and uh, so he that right there tells you he's and he also worked on the Night Rider reboot. So he worked on a lot of real stuff that went that may, got made. Yeah. All right. Keep that in mind. Uh, the writer slash director slash designer Michael. This is the triple. Michael Burns worked on Queer as Folk, John Doe, Greek Invasion, so a lot of different stuff. Uh, the the main actor in this was uh, Jack Fremont, was played by Andrew B Bowen. This guy is the legendary voice of Johnny Cage. So if you ever wonder, oh, okay. if you ever wonder what the guy that does Johnny Cage's voice looks like, he looks like this geek. That's what he looks like. Uh, he he did also he was in twenty five episodes of Mad TV and a bunch of other crap. A lot of these guys are hardworking actors. Uh, Lisa Gilroy in the, in the movie is played by Ra Rabia Lamorte. Guess get this, she was on nine hundred two one zero. She was she played a reoccurring uh, character in Buffy. Uh, she was in a show called Vindication. Uh, she did tons of stuff. Uh, Frank and this was Timothy Bottoms. This guy was in the Last Picture Show, Paper Chase, like real award winning films. He was in the eighties Twilight Zone. He did tons of stuff. Now here is the one I love: Chauncey in this was played by George Lazenby. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. Well, <laughs> George Lazenby was a James Bond after Sean Connery retired. He did one movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And then he, much like the guy that played Flash Gordon, like this was like his first big role. And then like his uh, agent was like, yeah, tell these guys like to screw off. You're, you're, act like a jerk on set. And he did. And so they, he never came back. <laughs> but that's what he, that's his bit. He's been in everything. Here's the thing that surprised me about George Lazenby. He was in seven Emmanuel movies. Do you know what Emmanuel is? They're these super sensual, sexy European flicks. I don't, okay. know, I don't know what he was doing in those. Also, famously, he was in Master Ninja 2, if you're a Mr. Science Theater fan. Uh, he's been in tons. Uh, and then to round out the cast, uh, The Wolf was played by Louis Arquette, who was in one, who was in the very first episode of Miss Columbo, if you watch that show. And then the Fox was Don Morrow, who, get this, the biography, the TV show, the narrator, that. So you had a lot of people. Oh, I should mention, Rob Lowe makes an appearance in this. Rob Lowe's been, believe it or not, Rob Lowe is in this. He's been in tons of stuff, saying, I was fire Wayne's world, et cetera, et cetera. So, what is this full motion game? Well, the plot is kind of hard to explain. In fact, I'm not sure I 100% understand it. Oh, I understand the plot. The plot of the, uh, the movie is... Game. Excuse me, game. Well, it's both. Game, but we're reviewing the game. <laughs> so the plot of the game is that Russia had a cunning plan. They were going to subvert. This is the Soviet Union, Russia, okay? They were going to subvert America by making these lowbrow TV shows, all right? Well, it's okay. The, the lower brow, the better. And, like, they were going to use these TV shows to, like, turn us on to the Soviet state of mind, right? The problem is that it worked. Because we all became dumb idiots, right? But the problem is, these shows were so popular that they started importing them back to Russia. <laughs> and, 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 and I swear to you, in the in the actual dossier of the guy that made these, it says these actually were responsible for bringing down the wall. So this guy's TV shows ended communism accidentally. Anyway, he was mad. At, <laughs> I'm just, now keep going. I'm just telling you. So. Uh, uh, this producer is on the is mad because he never got any credit in all these shows, and so he's threatening to wipe out L.A. 
uh, with a, a cache of hidden Soviet nuclear weapons. And it, and so that they got to stop him. CIA's got to stop him. Well, how do they stop him? They find the biggest TV dork they can. And the biggest TV dork is the guy you play, Jack Freeman. He sits around his house watching these horrible shows. Like, it shows early on what a master of horrible show trivia he yeah. is. He's a king dog. I don't know how this comes into play, if I'm honest. It, it, it really does. It does. It so does. That's Believe the, it or not. That's the plot. And we'll get to the what other most stuff that happens later on. How do you play this game? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go this ahead. Game, this game is actually, the, the technology in the game is pretty impressive to me. Uh, you control, it's sort of like a Dragon's Lair. That, you know, a Dragon's Lair, the scene ends. And then you move on to another scene. Mm-hmm. Picture the scene just not ending. <laughs> like, for example. Oh, trust me, it felt like they weren't ending. <laughs> if Dirk, like let's say Dirk's in a cave. Instead of like pushing Dirk to the right to jump the bridge, pretend, pretend you can just look around the cave. That's what this guy does. Like you start off in his apartment and you just mo- mosey around the room, looking at stuff. You're going to learn right away that Jack Fremont is sort of like a, if you ever like had a human version of Dirk the Daring. Like this guy is like a, 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 a weird sound. He makes weird sounds. He makes weird facial expressions. Listen, he's not as good as Dirk the Daring. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but you know how Dirk would be like he'd be like, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. guy does all that stuff. He does. And you know how Dirk would look dumb. This guy looks dumb all the time, as dumb as you can look. So when you're playing this, you can use the mouse. I use the mouse. You can use the keyboard, joystick, whatever you use. And the little arrows will pop up on the screen in some scenes that tell you, you can where you can go and what you can do. Loosely. If you see, like, for example, this, in, this, in, in his apartment, there's a table. And the table's got stuff on it. So you can walk up to the table by hitting the forward arrow. And then you can move your cursor on a table. Some stuff has a big X on it. That means you don't touch Can't that. Can't touch that, right. But anything else you can click on, and maybe he'll pick up a piece of mail. He'll interact with or it. Or he'll get his wallet or stuff like that. The whole time you're doing this stuff, the character you're playing is being as stupid and idiotic as possible. Like, this guy never stops acting dumb. Like, nonstop. Uh, uh, to, it's like brain donors, but if, but if he sucks. It's not that <laughs> Yeah, it's not like that. So once you wander around for a while in this scene, eventually this big fat guy comes crashing through your window, and, you, and you're supposed to fight this guy right now. In the in the PC version of this, I know in the in the I, I saw the PlayStation version, a little light kind of will or a little thing will pop up to tell you yeah, a direction to move to try to dodge, and then there's a button to attack to do the attack, much like Dragon Slayer. The PC version, when I played it, it never had any indicators no like that. Uh, so you noticed that too, and so basically, you sort of kind of guess basically what you're doing. Uh, it makes this difficult. It's like the fact I kicked my brains in at the beginning of this thing. So. This that's that how that part of the game works. There'll be there'll be parts of the game where you're literally just using the the, the prompts on the screen to move your guy. Now you've got to admit it's pretty seamless as you move around. I was pretty this impressed. This part, yeah. this part was. It was. I was real impressed with it. I really almost the whole thing is is pretty seamless when it comes to. Well, that. I have a question. Yeah. How far did you? play and or watch of this. Well, I played to the point where I got past where you fight the showgirls. Okay. You, made right. it, you physically made it much, much, much farther well, than I that. did. I think it's a second disc. Oh, exactly. I, now, watched, how much I, watched the, I watched the whole thing. Okay. And then I went back and I also watched the feature film, which I'll get to. Let me finish this up. So, 
the as you run through this mission, you are there. You're perpetually uh, caught in long conversations where you don't do anything. You just watch the flick. Uh, George Lazenby plays sort of like your attaché for the CIA, and he'll come around occasionally and say some stuff, and he'll be dressed sort of in different outfits. And he'll even, there's all kinds of mentions of, like, Bond stuff in this. They're sort of like, eventually, you become sort of like a real, a, yeah. the lowest in Bond. Yeah. Double O's suck. No, well, well, I mean, yes. But but there's also a lot of attempts at humor. It's a, see, so here's the thing. When I picked this game, I didn't know that it was funny, Okay. I just looked at the trailer and it looked, I thought it was one of those movies that's so bad, it's good, that kind of thing. So I thought it'd be funny in an ironic way. But it's really, it's not funny in that way or any way. You know, I mean, it's really, it's it's dopey. It's a dopey game. I didn't hate it. I said there were parts I did laugh at. But I mean, it's got a lot of like, lo, like low end humor. You know, if you, for example, you think it's funny to see a bunch of Russians in drag. And they're all big, big burly men, and they're coming to get you. If, if that's funny to you, you'll enjoy some of that. Like I thought that was funny. If you like fighting the sexy showgirls in a dumb way, and then after you beat their brains out, you kiss them. If you're okay with that, you'll enjoy this because this is this is when the thing was made. Well, you're really <laughs> narrowing down the audience. Now, I want to I want to talk about the more interactive gaming parts of this thing. So. Well, eventually, you're going to make your way to a hospital, and I, I can't explain this, but George Lazenby's character gives you these rocket-powered engines. Sneeze. Well, whatever they are, and they I don't know why he gives them to you in the hospital in California. In, in the, he even mentions that. That's supposed so, to be part of the joke. Well, it's not that funny, but no. for whatever reason, your guy basically tricks a man into getting out of his wheelchair. And, if, and I will say that was pretty funny. He lays his hands on this guy and says, you're healed. And the guy stands up and he takes a couple of steps and just falls on his face. And the guy steals his wheelchair and he puts these uh, engines on it. And you're zooming through the hospital halls in this chair. This is the first like action mini game or whatever. I don't know what you'd call this, but what you're doing, it reminds me a lot of the Amiga Dragon Slayer 2 where you're running through the maze. And you're hitting left and right, and if you do it, it just keeps going, and this keeps going. And so there, you're on like the third floor. So theoretically, you're supposed to get in the elevator twice, go down to the first floor, and then shoot, and then fly out the front door. But you have to make split second determinations of which way to go. Again, there are no prompts on the Windows version, and so apparently there aren't on the Pajaka says there aren't on the PS1 versions either. So you, what you end up doing is you end up. Picking these halls, and I will say it's pretty seamless. I mean, it's real seamless. That's when you your, make yeah, these the things. transitions are good. I made it down two elevators in that, and then I got killed. I had to start all the way over, which because apparently you can't save until in between the discs, which is real irritating. No, well, no. Well, that's what I was saving. I didn't because I couldn't save. I didn't even try to save at first. I didn't yeah. know you could on the PlayStation. I know that's how it is. So finally, I got down to. This took forever, by the way. This wheelchair thing. It's a very long. Did you get past sequence. the wheelchair no, thing? No, no, I didn't even get to it. Yeah, well, I drove around I, forever. Aaron, I bailed on this game so fast. Yeah, this is probably my least played time of a game to review. Well, of see, ever that's day. why you you miss the new no, ones, the subtle because nuances. I I was like, this is absolute garbage. But as a dedication to the show. As a dedication to the show, 
I watched the complete playthrough. <laughs> oh, good. Like two hours. Yeah, well, hold that thought. Let me finish up and we'll get your thoughts. So anyway, this is the interactive speedy part. There's a couple parts like this in the game where you're on like something, you're moving. Uh -huh. There's also a skiing part that's like this. Yeah. Anyway, you and the final boss yeah, version the, is like it. That well, that thing is yeah. That, that where you get those like I, there's no explanation as to what you get in at the end, but you're just gonna like missile or something. So I'm not gonna get into the plot of this. I don't want to ruin it, but I do want to talk a little bit about the production of it because some of this is astounding to me. So Fox Hunt was developed on a budget of two million bucks. <laughs> okay, it's, go it's, ahead. I mean that's That's actually not that much. It's not, but I, okay. All right. Uh, so, because um, some of these, okay, go ahead. Yeah. So the when they when they made this movie, they had to shoot these scenes like eighteen kabillion times. This thing was shot on sixteen millimeter film to improve the resolution. Which, by the way, it looks not good. Uh, but I mean, it's, what do you want? When is three eleven? Um, the, this thing was shot over thirty five days, right? And they shot most of it at the Ambassador Hotel in L.A. And they, although they did shoot a few scenes in uh, uh, California, Colorado, Aspen, I love this comment. Wiki's got this comment from George Lazenby. He said uh, uh, he was talking about the shooting schedule. It only went thirty-five days. He said actors need to be a lot uh, need a lot of flexibility since scenes are shot so quickly, and you usually go from being good to being evil. On Bond. I once waited three days for the crew to get prepared to film a single scene on Fox Hunt. We do a new scene every hour. It's the way movies should be made. It's just lazy of me saying that. I agree with you, lazy of me. So this thing had 2,200 camera setups, 20,000 edits, and they shot over three hours of live action, 735 shots, and nine different endings. That's right. There are different endings. <laughs> So, also get this. I'm guessing that means nine different game over. You're gonna love this. This is it gets even better here. So they also had a great soundtrack for this, and I noticed this when I was watching it. The soundtrack on this included the Violent Femmes, but all surface, Dick Dale, the Sugar Hill Gang, Faith No More, and the Poster Children. So like this, actually, because these, I don't know how they had some kind of deal. Capcom had to deal with somebody, but they got all these like real artists to be in here. I want to jump in real quick. Go ahead, jump in. Uncredited Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, uh, what did he have in there? They they played about a four second clip of "I Lost on Jeopardy." Oh, okay, very good, very good, good call there. Uh, they were also developing this for the Mac and the Saturn, and they never released them. Yep, yeah, good call. Uh, they also had talked about doing this for the Sega CD, so they released. They didn't release any of this stuff. Good call. Um. The uh, the Windows version allegedly sold twenty five thousand copies the first six months, and the PlayStation sold about the same. That's uh, in the first year or so, but they're not one hundred percent sure. Although the guy that made it said that the that not only did they actually spend way more than two million bucks, like somewhere in the mid neighborhood of five million, yeah. he said like no one bought it. So there you go. Your mileage may vary on that. Get, but here's the most amazing part of this whole thing. So we we can admit. The game didn't do well. I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about the 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 the, uh, the reviews for the game were brutal. It's got an average sc uh, score of forty three percent. PC Joker, though, amazingly gave this thing sixty two percent. They must be kinder than the, the Amiga Joker. Uh, but this thing got creamed by everybody. The video game critic gave this a zero percent. I mean, it's not that bad. It, it yeah. well, I don't know. It's 
Borderline unplayable. Weekly reviewed this, by the way. 67%. They didn't hate it that much. Uh, so someone decided, hey, uh, we've got some good footage here. And we They love the lead, the actress that was in it. They're like, I think this would work as a film. So they went back and shot a bunch of new footage. And now I'll watch the film version of this. It's dramatically different. The first, like, 15 minutes of it has Gary Coleman. Well, Gary Coleman's in it. They reshot and put Gary Coleman in it. Uh, the new footage uh, had 900 additional edits, and they shot it, and they and they packaged it for release. Now, I read conflicting reports on the release of Fox Hunt. Some people, now, uh, I, there's a, uh, I think it was Pajaka linked, uh, there's a link to the high def, the 4K version of this on YouTube right now. You can watch the whole thing if you want to. I urge you to do it. Now that's funny, but uh, uh, I, I read that they never ever got a distributor for this. I don't know if they ever released this as a film and made any money. I, th- I think somehow it got released by somebody. I don't know if it got bootlegged or or whatever. But they, if you watch the movie, like they added tons of scenes, tons, and you, but you can see the game scenes in there too. So they've got both. But yeah, Gary Coleman's like right up front, right at the very beginning of it. He's in it. So that, but it's it's pretty much a lot different than the, than the actual uh, the video game. Um, so, Brent, what did you think of Fox Hunt by Capcom? Well, I'm impressed, Aaron, that you managed to find a game that was less funny than Battle Chess. Oh, come on, this had its moments. No, it didn't. You didn't watch this. Them. Uh, first of all, let's let's talk about the playing experience, which I can talk I can talk very little about because I was so <laughs> frustrated. That I, I gave up really early on. Yeah. It is incredibly frustrating to try to maneuver and get through the game at, with any, with actually progressing. I mean, you can just fiddle around fine, but I couldn't get anything to trouble. Work. Oh my God. I thought it was pretty seamless. Seamless. That's um, my word of the day. And, but I, I do want to talk about the quality of, first of all, the humor. Yeah. This oh, this is what I've been dreading. This tries to be slapstick. Yeah. It fails. Yeah. The jokes continuously fall flat. Yeah. And it was it was obviously uh well for, okay. It was not written with me in mind. I do not know Thank God. who what form of slapstick this appeals to, what age demographic, what what gender demographic, I have no idea because I, I'm i a huge fan of slapstick. I'm a huge fan of fast slapstick. Like I said, Brain Donors is one of my top five movies of all time. Yeah. This That's tries this tries to be Brain Donors, okay? Well... It, no, it does. It does because it tries, it's, tries to make everything a joke. Everything. You pick up... A, your guy's hungry. You pick up a plate. He licks it and, and, and he's... He, has a reaction like he's been like he ate, right? Yeah. That kind of it none of it works. I did not I honest, I wanted I, okay, I didn't want to like this because I was already so ticked off by the time I watched the footage. <laughs> but I, I went in, I watched the entire thing. Yeah. The game version. The entire I did not watch the movie, the game version, the entire thing. Yeah. And I kept waiting for something that would at least make me smile to happen. It is so, it's, it's not even lowbrow, right? But it, a lowbrow, if you have a lot of fart jokes, 
or, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I, that's not my type of humor, but I can at least see who that's aimed towards. Who does this appeal to, Aaron? What age group, what gender, what nationality does this? You did not think this was funny. Uh, it was this one. It was so stupid. No. Plus, you know what? You know when somebody tries too hard, like this is like that, and, and they. And, but I mean, it did there not. There are moments that made me laugh. Birdemic tries hard yeah. and it ends up being funny. The Room tries hard yeah. and ends up being funny. Yeah. This tries hard and never gets over that line. The difference so is, those, is two get, those two weren't supposed to be funny. I understand that. Oh, trust me, I understand there's, that. There's not much in the world worse than a non-funny comedy. This, I'll give you that. This gets up to that line where if you took one more step, you might be able to get it to be ironically humorous. Yeah. And it doesn't make it and that is the absolute kiss of death for comedy. No, they they keep trying. They keep trying. And they go back to gags over and over again. And they're never funny. You know the rule of three? If you do something three times, that's, first of all, it helps you remember things. But it, that's the kind of the kick in comedy-wise. Yeah. Never happens. They They make choices. For their character, the character starts off as this bumbling idiot, real nerd, set around, has all this television knowledge, and they they morph him to be this uh, slick super spy that learns how to well, do all this combat. That much. No, they do. He's they, always a dork. No, the end of the film, he's beating people off. Well, yeah, but he's still pretty dorky. And it, it there's no. There's no, and he's the reluctant hero. It follows the hero's journey. It follows that story narrative. You know, I didn't want to, you know, he's got to find all these discs and the discs have the codes and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It never reaches anywhere. It never gets over that ledge that it has to, and it makes it a painful, absolutely painful watch. I have never been more confused. More angry yeah. than this has made me just watching it. <laughs> You're and, vindicating me right here. And there are the segments like the hospital uh, wheelchair maze. Yeah, uh, the skiing. Although the skiing wasn't nearly as bad as uh, as the end sequence. Holy cow! It they go on for. Ever, yeah, yeah. The in sequence, they're very proud of their effects. The in sequence where you're just basically choosing left or right, yeah, is like 15 minutes long. Yeah. I, I actually started fast forwarding. I watched everything else in its entirety, but I, I it just I looked out at the timer and the thing had like 25 minutes left. I was like, oh my god, this is going on for like five minutes already. It's like the spaceship scene in Space Ace. <laughs> If it went on for an hour. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I, and I was hitting the fast forward because on YouTube, you can, every little click is five seconds, right? Yeah. And I'm clicking, I'm clicking, I'm clicking. I get to the point where I'm holding down the key. Yeah. And it's jumping 20, 30 seconds yes, at a time. Yes, you skipped it. I got it. No, no. I you it. have to live with no. this pain. I don't have to live with nothing. I, I thought it was, I was amused by it. No, you listen, were amused by that segment. Here's a, no, not that segment, no. But here's the thing, okay? Listen, they if they didn't do a good job. No. Okay, I'll give you that. However, it's in 2024, I can look upon this, this construct, this thing made by men, 
And I can look on and I can smile. I can be amused because they fail in every conceivable way. They do. Even the jokes where they have lasers, they got a laser me, the former James Bond. And they make the most obvious jokes. Like, I mean, any two bit hack. When you I were read, never surprised. When I read the stuff that these guys had done, I was like, how did they? They must have really been slumming. Yeah. But of course, you've got 35 days to shoot something, you got to slap together. So they're all, it's uncharted ground. I will say, I think that they did technologically speak. I think they did one of the best jobs I've seen in terms of smoothness of the, it, of the thing. For the most part, it's smooth. Like when you're controlling the dork, and I will say, if you'd only played towards the beginning, it's more it's it's more irritating there. It gets a little bit better than it was At the beginning. This guy's a complete oaf. I mean, he's an oaf, and he's not like as a person to control. He's horrible. Like yeah. you want to just have him get killed. Yeah, he's so bad. Oh, I, I want him to die. That's for better. sure. There are some plot choices. Particular one of my favorite bits is at the end. This this Russian shoot shoot at you. And your guy dodges the bullet, and he's like, I'm gone. And he gets ready to run off, and he looks, and his girlfriend's laying on the floor. She's been shot. Yeah. So later on, after he dispatches the Russians, he goes back in the room, and your girlfriend just wakes up. She's like, I'm fine. He goes, oh, you got me. It's like, what? Why would you fake that? What were you doing? There's a nonsensical plot about how she's the daughter of the Russian. It gets bizarre. So if you're watching this plot, she <laughs> a look. We got... We got a review on this, believe it or not. I, I'm sorry. I'm, who wrote the review? I bet it's Pajaco, and I'm already going to apologize. Pajaco, he played this on the PlayStation One. He says, "Oh my, the load times are going to be atrocious." He says, "Why it clearly has roots in Dragon's Lair, mixed with a dash of point-and-click action. There's too much guesswork and trial by error. For example, having to search obstacle locations multiple times to ensure you've collected everything. I know exactly what he's talking about. The table." And it all boils down to ensuring you click through every mul everything multiple times and hope that you have all the objects at the right time. I want to stop right there. There are parts of this game where you'll click something and he'll do something, and then you'll click something and he'll do something else, and you'll click over and over, and he'll do four or five things. And you haven't even moved your cursor. Uh, excuse me. Pajaco continues. In the adventure scenes, you have to move, rotate around the disc, uh, around the disc has to seek and find the applicable video sequence. There's a lot of loading video. Oh my god! Must have been excruciatingly slow in a real PS One. Again, I played this on the PC. I'd recommend that. Uh, thankfully, you can save mostly at will, so you won't what you uh, so you won't have to replace sections once you get past them. I eventually got stuck in a hospital wheelchair maze. I got fed up and seemingly going around in circles and not progressing. Yeah, that part sucks. I think if the game had uh, had all been point-and-click adventure rather than reaction-based parts, it might have been a little more fun. But the reload time is a little too slow, and you really just want to get back into the action quickly in this sort of game. Sadly for me, your mileage may vary. As a funny game, this one struggles to be funny. A few parts are amusing, but not laugh-out-loud funny. I will give kudos to Timothy Bottoms' Frank the Hitman, who was by far the funniest thing in the whole game. I would agree with that. Yes. That was a French guy, right? Yeah, well, he had the beret. Yeah. But don't pass uh, it off because I didn't get on with it. I would urge you to try it because it's interesting to see what the developers are trying to do. Just don't expect an entirely good gaming experience. Five out of ten. So I think that's a... Jocko, you are the kindest man to ever review games. What? 
No, I think I has think, he ever given anything less than a five? I think five is his one. No, I think that's a I think that's a legit uh, review of the game. I would also put this somewhere in the five or six range. Listen, I like FMV. I like Schlock, and I did think parts of this were pretty amusing. Plus, I, I was uh, not expecting to see uh, such luminaries as Blazenby or Rob Lowe show up in a game like this. That really blew my mind. So if you like that sort of thing, if you want to have an amusing Rob, oh, I should mention the price of this. This is also amusing. So you can get this on Windows for under 50 bucks. although I did see a complete inbox sealed Windows copy of this go for 100 bucks. However, if you're looking to get this on the PlayStation, uh, you're going to pay big money. Now, I did see this. I mean, the prices for this were all over the map. I saw a complete inbox copy of this go for two, and this went for two Gs, 2000 bucks. I also saw $100 and even $30 copies, depending on how complete they were uh, and what was with them, uh, and if they were or not they were sealed. So you, you may pick this up cheap. But listen, I suggest not only that you play this, but you without even playing it, you should go buy it. That would be funny to me. Thank you. I end my segment there. What do you bring to the table this week, Britt? Well, I felt like I needed to redeem myself. So you did, because so your game sucked. What? Your old funny game? Horrible. Battle well, Horrible. I, you know, I feel better about it now. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I went with Poker Night 2. All right. Aaron, this... Uh, let's go in, deep, deep, deep in the weeds on Poker Night 2. Aaron. All right. First of all... Let's real quick. We'll talk about uh, Telltale Games. This was released in 2013. All right, when Telltale Games was at their peak of popularity. Telltale Games, Aaron, is the company that did a lot of their story-based games. Uh, a lot like your type of game, like the game we just talked about, but good and entertaining and and uh, funny and impressive and <laughs> so quality. It is, it is just like mine. <laughs> uh, it has. It's the Take a, a franchise, an established franchise, and they tell their own stories with it. They do uh, uh, the the what is that horror game, Aaron? The horror. <laughs> Can you be a little more specific? <laughs> anyway, they do games like uh, Borderlands. Uh, they do Didn't games. They do well, a zombie. Uh, yeah, TV that's the show. one I couldn't. Uh, Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and they take those. And tell their own stories in their own style. And they're really fun. Y'all heard this Batmans, bad. they do a lot of Batman games. I always enjoyed them. And this, Poker Night was at their peak. And the reason why they started the Poker Night series was they needed something to kind of fill the gap, kind of recharge the engine, the batteries for the people that work there. Because it's a much easier game. It's more based off of dialogue and, and chill they had the engine, they made the engine in Poker Night 1, and then they, of course, ported it over Poker Night 2. And it was a good way to get uh, newbies coming into the studio to learn some of their tools and fit them in. That was the whole reason why they did the Poker Night. Uh, it's, the full name is uh, Poker Night at the Inventory. Uh, in, the Inventory is just a club that all this takes place in. So Poker Night 2 came out. Uh, in 2013 with a whole new crew, a whole new cast of people to play poker with. And that's what this is. This is literally, you are sitting at a table and you're playing either Texas Hold'em or Omaha and 
you're listening to the dialogue between the characters. I got a question before you move on. Yeah. Who was in Poker Night 1? Poker Night 1 uh, was uh, one of the guys from Penny Arcade. I'm going to have to look it up because I don't know them all. I know one of the guys from po- uh, from Penny Arcade. You mean the comic strip? Yes. Okay. Um, Sin- the Sinbad from the, uh, the comic strip. Uh, it was... I wish you would have asked me this beforehand. Well, I you would know. I didn't know you had to look it up. You had um, the heavy from uh, Team Fortress Two, All right? And you had Max from Sam and Max. Okay, so this this one had a better cast than the first one. That's it true. was a more diverse cast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and part of the the allure of this is you are. It's a chill game of poker. You're just sitting down. Uh, the cast and crew this time is uh, Brock Sampson from Venture Brothers. I couldn't believe it when I walked in. At the beginning, they have you walking into the club, yep. and you see Brock like pummel this guy, or like post-pummeling. I was like, yeah. oh, crap, Brock Sampson, what's he doing in yeah. here? You've got uh, Sam and Max. You, Sam is at the table this time. Yeah. You've got uh, Ash Williams from <laughs> The Evil Dead. I couldn't believe that either. I was stunned at that. You've got Claptrap from... Uh, Borderlands, yeah, and you've got Glados from the Portal games as the the dealer, kind of the o- oversee of the table. Yes, that is an eclectic crew right here. And the way that they, they chose these people were very organic for the time that it happened. Yeah, uh, of course they had to fill the roster, and Brock came on because they all liked Venture Brothers. Yeah, so they said, "Man, let's stab in the dark. Let's see if if they're going to willing to work with us." And it was instant yes. Yeah. And of course, Brock Sampson is voiced by Patrick Warburn, who did come to the game. Yeah. And the Tick, famous for the live action Tick series. Uh, Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. He's done tons of stuff. I can't even listen. He's putty on Seinfeld if you watch Seinfeld. Um, And he actually came in to do the voice. Oh, yeah. You got to get him. Uh, For Sam and Max. Uh, it was voiced by David Nolan and David Boat. Yeah. Uh, those are not the original voice actors, but uh, I think they did a fine I did, job. I didn't know that. I thought they were. They did a good job. Uh, Claptrap was voiced by David Ed- Eddings, uh, also not the original person. Glados was voiced by Ellen McLean, who was the original voice. Uh, they, this is, it's a, She's awesome, by the way. Yeah. If you go and look at any of her footage, she's this older woman, and they run it through a uh, like a digitizer to kind of robotic her voice. Yeah, but she that's is the, that's the thing for portal, right? Yes. Yeah. And then we have uh, the the strangest choice: Ash Williams, not played by Bruce Campbell. Really? I thought it was him. It's not just like played him. by Danny Weber. Wow. Now, Aaron. Very good. Now, Aaron, do you know who Danny Weber is? I don't. I don't know. Was he in my movie game? Well, no. Oh, okay. But you know what he was in? What? Birdemic. (laughs) No kidding. He was in Birdemic and Birdemic 2. In Birdemic, he was Rick. He was one of the main guys in that. Oh, my God. Well, I have to say, he's got, I I thought for sure that was actually Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I'm stunned to hear that. And we'll we'll actually get into a little more on that uh, a little bit later, because that has some interesting twists and turns. But, so, you have this, this cast and crew, and you're playing poker, and the poker is 
It's so it's, fun. It's slow. It's slow. Yeah. Because it's supposed to. It's supposed to have the feel that you're sitting around a poker table and you're just playing poker with your buddies. Yeah. That's the feel that they were going for, and that's what it is. And because of that, if you go in wanting to play, bam, bam, bet, 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 I'm out. Let's skip it. Move on. You don't get that experience. You are at a poker table. You get your cards dealt to you every time. When you add chips to the pot or one of your opponents adds chips to the pot, they actually physically have an animation of adding chips yeah. to the pot. It's just like poker. It, it is. It is poker with your buddies. Yeah. They even tap on the table and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They have all the hand motions. Uh, when, a, when a hand ends, GLaDOS usually has a little phrase that she comes in and says, uh, referring to you as the player. The player is, a, is silent through the whole thing. Yeah. But you can enjoy the conversations between the other people at the table. And they're great. They're, it, <laughs> it's funny. It, it is. So real quick, let's talk about the poker aspect, right? Yeah. Uh, you can set different themes. You can unlock different themes for the tables and the, yeah. for that base the belts, the that cards. are based off the games that the people are in. Yeah. Um, you can also change the bar, the, the, the makeup of the bar, the background. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I never did that. It, again, fits with the games. And it goes so far as, like, for Ash, it brings in the Necronomicon. And it had it plays a part in the game, not as you're physically playing, but when someone gets eliminated, the book actually goes and runs. It has that camera motion where oh, it flies around the diff room in that wacky style that it has, yeah. and then it hits someone and they're gone. <laughs> so it has upteen tons of style. It yeah. really goes above and beyond for style. But none of that matters if the conversation isn't fun and interesting. Yeah. And it is. It is. The 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 biggest drawback, and I want to get this out of the way so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Uh, GLaDOS, although she is super entertaining, uh, she has so few voice lines that you they you hear them a lot. You, you, like the end of the hand when she's criticizing the player for winning or for losing, or she's congratulating you for winning, those clips get old. Uh, the rest of the conversations are based on who's still in the game. Because uh, when you when someone gets eliminated, they physically get up and leave the table. So their conversations are no longer part. So if you have someone that... You have conversations where everyone's there. And you have conversations where, you know, one person's missing but the three are still there, or you can have one-on-one conversations, which those can happen even if all four people are at the table, or you have just you and the player at the table, you have conversations like that. So there's this wide uh, hierarchy of conversations that can come to the table. So if you're in a situation where your end person is always ash, right? You might start hearing more repeats than if you had a more diverse amount of opponents. However, the conversations in this are so good. They're so entertaining. They're not necessarily all funny. Some of them uh, are just like you'd have conversations at a poker table. You know, they're just, you know, you know watching the venture kids or going on adventures throughout Borderlands, collecting weapons. They talk about that kind of stuff, stuff that's kind of mundane. But for the most part, Everyone has fun, interesting conversations, and they're really well animated. Aaron, what did you think of Poker Night 2? Well, I 
It's funny when we did the first funny games. Yeah. You mentioned this the poker night game. Yep, and I'm going to get into why I didn't play it in a and second. So I, that's the first one I ever heard of. And I remember when you talked about the concept, like man, that's a weird concept, but I'd forgotten about it. I went back and played this, and I will say, as the different players showed up at the table, I was perpetually stunned. And then Ash is the last one. I was baffled. It was baffled that Ash was in this thing, and it is exactly what you said. Uh, you sit back and relax. Listen, this is my, exactly my speed of poker. I enjoyed, I played this probably, I probably played four hours of this while I was doing other stuff. I just had it on because you don't have to be in a hurry uh, and you can play it. And the conversations are real funny. I mean, really, I didn't get that much repeating uh, and, and I played for a good while. I know eventually you're going to get them. Yeah. But uh, um, I wanted to get as much as I could. I guess is the bartender chick from Moxie is from Borderlands. And what about the cat, the guy that owns the club? Is he from anything? That little the guy in the sailor's outfit? The the uh um shoot, the I cannot guy. remember his name. Uh he is, he's from Monkey Island. Okay. Oh, no kidding. So uh but uh, the atmosphere is great because you're in this club. And I, I found the poker in terms of the interface and stuff, totally I loved it. I oh yeah. It well, it's it's tough. It gives to you the percentages poker. at some at, at, mm-hmm. when you're going heads up. Uh, the uh, the uh, other people react in a real funny way, you know. No, and they'll give you the business, but they're not. No one's like particularly nasty. They, they sometimes they'll mock you or make fun if you're not talking. Uh, the I was listening to Brock Samson and Ash talk about kids, yeah. and it was so funny. And and it, the dog is funny. The dog is a good player too. I thought he was the toughest guy. To Sam, be. yeah. Uh, the uh, um, that stupid robot, Claptrap, he's always got some kind of crap going on. Something, he'll do stuff like, he'll forget stuff, like he'll per, he'll reformat himself, reboot himself. Yep. He does all this stupid crap, which I found amusing. But I mean, I really, I love this. I loved it. I had to go, uh, the, here's the thing about this, and Brent mentioned that the... So, the I'm going to talk oh, about how you get it, yes. Uh, but uh, once I got hold of a, a non-Russian version, <laughs> I sat down... I played the Russian version for a couple of hours, but I was like, I don't get the English version of this. But uh, eventually I got to a point where they're like, listen, the Catholic guy's like, listen, uh, this round, uh, you're going to get, you're going to play for a, an item. Yeah. And so you, I was like, I guess you collect all these items to get, do something. That's the unlocks. And so Brock brought this thing, looked like a bowling ball up uh, and we played for it. I ended up winning it. So I got it. I actually won some rounds of this. I lost plenty, but it, I, I won. And I learned that the, uh, uh, you really do have to pick your spots because the, I will say I thought the computer in terms of a poker game, there the, some of these guys are aggressive. Yeah, like they'll go all in a lot, uh, and and so you've got to be ready to get out of that hand. Don't you know you've got and get a little lucky too. But also sometimes they'll even play hands that are they'll bluff. I mean straight up bluff, yes. and sometimes they'll tell you they were bluffing. So the engine they've got for the poker, I thought was real good. Yeah, you know, and I uh, in, uh, in that regards, not to cut you off, but. Each four member at the table has their own way of playing poker. Uh, Claptrap and Sam are more reserved, while Brock and Ash are more aggressive. Um, also, you can buy drinks for them in the game, and that actually skews how they play a little bit. Oh. Not a ton, but a little bit. Okay. Uh, usually it makes them play more loose, take more chances. Uh, but go right ahead. But uh, I love the cast. and I've never played any of the Sam and Max games. I know about them. I've only had a cup of coffee at Borderlands, but I know about that guy. And, of course, I used to watch Adventure Brothers, so I know about Brock. It was by far the best thing on that show, without a doubt. And so it was great. The the Like I said, the dialogue was real funny. Like, Ash 
It was funny. The dog was real funny. They Sam. Yeah, and every time he won a hand, the, the bunny would come over and get yeah, his Max. mind. They had some interactions, you know. Yep. And sometimes you'd see Max in the background doing wacky stuff, yep. you know. Absolutely. Which was funny. So it was funny. It was enjoyable. Uh, and the poker was good. So I, I really like this one. It's definitely one I'm going to k- keep around because sometimes I just like to sit back and just play a leisurely game of cards. Like I play stuff on the phone or whatever, but I mean, this, it is sort of like being with some buddies. Yes. It's exactly like that. If your buddies were Brock Samson and <laughs> a, a robot and a dog. Yeah. And as you unlock new uh, scenarios and card backs and chips, if you select all of them from one game, it does change up the dialogue. Some it adds some new stories, so you uh, you have things to work for in the game. Now, Aaron, this was like I said, this released at a perfect time for Telltale because they their first one, the reason, the main reason why it became so famous, uh, allegedly, is it had unlocks for other games. Like if you you played enough, you could get hats for Team Fortress Two. Oh, and that was a big that was a big deal. This was 2013. Well, that was even earlier. So this one had unlocks for Team Fortress. It had unlocks for Borderlands. Um, and it was, that was a big selling point. That was a way they were pushing the game. Did you know, Aaron, that this first released on Xbox Live Arcade? No, I didn't know that. And after that, it came to, to, to uh, the PlayStation. And this was a big battle. This was a big deal that it didn't come to PC. See first because people were actually kind of ticked off about it because they wanted to get those unlocks and those stuff, and it would can't it was a little bit of a thing. But here's the craziest thing, Aaron. This also released on the iPhone. Huh, I'll buy it. And well, no, you won't because everything, all of these uh, ways of getting this game have since then been delisted. I assume because they lost rights. So well, they well they did not renew the rights. Yeah. And so if you still own this on like Steam, like I do, uh, you can still go and download it and play it, but you cannot purchase it. However, that's not true on the iOS. If you legally purchase this game, you, you have it on your phone, and if it's still installed, you can still play it. But... If you ever uninstall it, you cannot get it back through official means. Yeah. Even though you're you purchased it, you don't you do not have the right to go like and download it. That's some Apple action right there. Also, when this was released, how much do you think this thing cost? I don't know, five bucks. Ten five bucks. bucks. Yeah. That's what it is. You can technically still get this on Steam if you have an old Steam key. How much do you think those are selling for? Oh, I don't know. $100. Really? So people really want this. $100. Does that cost an unlocked stuff still? Uh, I think it is more just a rarity thing at this point. Yeah. But, yes, if you still want this... Don't pay that. You can go <laughs> You can go to, to a, a key site and purchase it for $100. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, this did exceptionally well for Telltale. This was one of... They're highest scaling games. Really? And some of that is going to come from the unlocks. Yeah. Some of that's going to come from the cheap price tag, five bucks. Yeah. Uh, review wise, this was pretty middle of the road. It, it, it did sevens uh, pretty much across would the not board. not like this. I can't for life and figure out why. Well, it's coming out on the Xbox and the PlayStation, there were some issues. I think that kind of drove scores down a little bit. Um, 
People were upset that you couldn't skip the dialogue. Uh, the thing is, you can on the PC version. You can hit escape and skip right past it. Well, sort no. The old game had you could turn some dialogue off. Okay. That was the other thing. The old game had difficulty levels uh, where this one doesn't. However, the old one, the difficulty levels didn't actually do anything. Like chicken between medium, easy, and hard. Yeah. It didn't actually change how anyone played. Okay. But people are pissed off that it wasn't in the new version. Even though technically it wasn't in the old version either, so the little things like that brought the scores down a little bit. I personally really enjoyed this game. I haven't unlocked everything, and I've obviously I haven't played it for a long time before this. But it's a fun way to sit down, play a little bit of poker, and and just kind of chill. It'd be fun if you could have had like multiple people playing, like multiple humans. That would have been a, that would have made it give it a little more resell replayability. It's funny how they do the, the they are very clever because the, uh, basically the table that you play on is automated, so it automatically deals the cards. Yeah, stuff. that keeps it moving. But I mean, I will say the interaction of the other people with their chips and you know showing their cards. I mean, it shows it's got animations for all that stuff, but they're not always the same. I like that. I mean, yeah. I think this game's a, a big time winner. I really had a, a, a really had a good time uh, playing this one it, and. Just for the record, uh, um, if, you, if, if you head over to the Internet Archive, you probably can find it. <laughs> I'm not say you can. I'm not going to say it's there, but you can, I guarantee you. It's yes! There. It's unavailable. <laughs> it's not like piracy, but it's unavailable. You know what I'm saying? That's the way I look at it. Also, well, piracy. Aaron, I'll have to say, we definitely had one game this week that was good. Fox Hunt. And we had one game that was yours. Hey! I'm sure we'll but, do this time. We got all kinds of new pieces on here, everybody. We have a lot of pain. A lot of pain, Aaron, that is on the wheel today. Alright, spin this sucker. Let's Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You said this is a minefield, I believe is what you said. Let's see if you're right. All right. Oh, we've got the easiest thing on the wheel. What do we, what do we got, the brand? Thank you, blessed man. We've got dirty games. Oh, my. But games with dirt, Aaron. Games with dirt. Yes, and dirty who? games from Rob. Lack of Rob. hair. Lack of hair. Show the people the piece there so they know you're not lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dirty games. I'm We're past that, are you know, we? We've already played a bunch of games that had dirt in them. So this, we should, I'm just saying. You know, I mean, like, we're, like, in the dirt. You know, we like, oils well and stuff like that. So we'll have to find some interesting uh, games. That'll be a lot of fun. There's plenty of games in that list. Now, that'll be in two weeks. Let's talk about next week, the brand. We're coming back, and it's Coco Showtime. All right? Yeah. All right? And so uh, I polled the community. They gave me their advisements. And we'll be playing a game called Star Wreck. Or I think it's Space Wreck. Excuse me. Space Wait a minute, that isn't the game you told me well, what is it here the here thing. When they make up these fake names for games, <laughs> it can be confusing. Yep. So, Poker Night? Who would have thought of that? So we'll be playing uh, next week on the Coco Show. It'll be a little round Space Wreck. It should be a lot of fun, maybe. I haven't played this one, so I don't know. Uh, but that's going to be coming up. And then the week after that, we'll be back with Dirty Games. I also want to mention a little uh, scheduling note. Uh, for everyone, uh, normally, of course, we film every Sunday, 10 a.m. Next week, we're actually going to be moving to Friday night. So we'll be doing it this Friday. Uh, we're going to record Amigos and 
ARG or uh, Coco show on the same night. Why is that to Brent? Because you want a weekend off and you're lazy? That's true. But also because Brent will be filling in for Boat this week oh. on Amigos. Uh, Boat is going to be out of town. And so Brent's going to fill the role. So if you're interested in checking Amigos this week, we'll be playing Kickstart 2. Won't that be fun? So it'll be Kickstart 2 and uh, Space Wreck. Uh, it's a double shot. A double header. On Friday. Ooh, that's not pretty stuff. good. Hey, before we go, well, a little mention, you know, last week we did one of, we really are, me and you, we did our first uh, uh, next game. Yeah. Uh, on the, uh, on uh, Player. And we played Baggers in Space. And I was, I was very pleased to see that the programmers uh, sought us out and had some very kind things to say about yeah, us. Yeah, they were very generous. Uh, and uh, kind of spread the word about it. So I appreciate that. And we do recommend giving Baggers in Space a go. That was a, that was a heck of a game. But it's always nice to hear from the program, especially people of that caliber, top shelf, top men, as they say. Absolutely. So that was that was an exciting event. Uh, you got anything else going on, Brett, that you want to talk about this before we take this to the house? Nope. All right, there you go, everyone. We'll be back on Friday with a little bit of Space Wreck on the Coco Show. And until next time, we give you the fine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>